country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our kids. Spend some time in the country when music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. On the show, Ontario's Ryan Laird and Alberta's Jamie Woodfin. Each of them have stories and new music to share with us. Let's get started with my first guest, Ryan Laird. His latest album is called Bigger Than That, and it's not just the name of an album. Ryan founded the Bigger Than That movement as a platform for bully prevention and youth empowerment, and we'll talk about all that, plus share a couple of his songs. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Dave, it's great to be on your program. Thanks for having me. Well, it is so great to have you here. I know that you're really busy, uh, not only with the new album, but uh, the touring you're doing with the Bigger Than That uh, movement. And I understand you were in Oshawa earlier today. Yeah, we had a really fun uh, afternoon performance with uh, the community, the folks at the Community Living Center in Oshawa. Um, so it's a, a really great uh, living community there, and they help uh, a wide variety of people, uh, different ages and different backgrounds that have certain uh, needs and disabilities. And so we came in and did uh, a bigger than that sort of motivational concert for them today and just had a lot of fun. Now, from what I was reading, Ryan, I understand, I mean, this movement means a lot to you, and it's doing so much good, and it also is a result of uh, you, when you were younger in school, you were a victim of, of bullies, or a bully. I was, yeah, um, primarily around the 7th and 8th grade range, so, you know, about age 12 to 13, which is a typical age for a lot of youth uh, when they're growing up to come across bullies and whatnot, Um you know, it's a, it's a big time in life, I think, with, with many kids where uh, what your peers think of you is, is really important type of thing. And trying mm-hmm. to stand out of the pack and be, quote, unquote, kind of cool is what a lot of kids come across. And that's what happened with me. So I, I, I got into a new school at, at grade seven and I tried to make a whole new group of friends there. So I entered my school talent show, got up in front of the whole school, performed my very first song in the gymnasium in front of the whole school. And I thought it went really well after singing the song, but there was a, a group of kids and one person in particular named Ashley that uh, just really took it out hard on me after that talent show and was bullying me basically the rest of at the school year and, and made it you know so bad that I didn't even want to get up every morning and go back to school because I knew I was going to get picked on and teased and whatnot. And and so uh, it just really kind of hit home with me. So when I you know got a little bit later and now being an artist and whatnot, having a, a voice, uh, I've just been inspired basically to try and use my voice and, and my songwriting mm-hmm. and whatnot to try and... Uh, Uh, you know, inspire our youth of today that they can be bigger than bowling and nobody has to uh, put up with that. It's so great that uh, you're able to do this, as you said, with your voice, your music. People know you, so they're going to listen. You're invited to the schools. And, in fact, one of the songs on the album, Bigger Than That, which people can get at iTunes, is called Hey Ashley, which deals with uh, the situation you just described. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I wrote that song specifically, as you mentioned, about my seventh grade bully at school named Ashley. And just, uh, I wanted to have a real personal song like that on the project and on the album and, and something that I could perform live as well. Because I think when I go in and do these concerts for the kids in schools across Canada, um, you know, I want them to know that like, I'm not just there saying this stuff. Like this is something I actually went through and I lived it. And right. um, I think when they know that, uh, especially with me writing a song like Ashley, that's very personal about my actual personal story of how I was bullied and some of the things I had to learn to overcome uh, that bullying um, along the way, you know, I think it just can help them hit home. Like, you know, if Ryan was bullied and he could overcome it and pursue his That's dream right. and his life 
to be a recording artist in country music, um, I could be the next hockey star or whatever it is that my dream is. You know, I don't have to put up with a bully telling me I, I can't do that, you know. That that is so amazing. Yeah, they can see you as an example, and it must be great when you have a chance. You know, after, maybe after you've done the talk, you can obviously see the kids light up and and listen into what you're saying. And I guess some of them would come up to you afterwards and maybe either share personal stories or just let you know how much what you said uh, meant to them. Definitely, um, I always do a, a question and answer session throughout the show, so it's a very interactive. Uh, concert in the schools that I do um, but if, if some of the students you know maybe they're shy or they didn't get an opportunity to ask me a question or come up on stage during the show um, I always do kind of a meet and greet you know after the show in the school gymnasium and, and sign some autographs mm-hmm. to the kids and it's also an opportunity for them to come up and ask an individual question maybe they they have a story they want to share or a question about uh, about bullying and looking for some advice and stuff like that so um, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's very rewarding for me, too, because I, I do get to meet thousands of kids doing this tour. Uh, like I said, we've, we've visited over 200 schools so far across Canada, right. and it's just been, you know, meeting thousands of kids. It's, it's just really neat to see. I, I get a lot of social media messages uh, along the way from uh, sometimes parents and, and kids as well just saying, uh, you know, uh, that their child was uh, was motivated to, um, you know, just stand up for themselves and go. That doesn't necessarily mean going and, you know, punching out some kid or something, you know, right. that way, but it means that, you know, having the, having the self-respect to mm-hmm. stand up for yourself and, and know that, you know, if you have a dream and, and, and our uniqueness in our life is what makes us special, you know, being unique. And, and if a bully wants to right. to try right. and, and push that down in a negative way, that's just not a good thing, you know. And uh, Ryan, for anyone listening who is either a student at a school or a teacher uh, in, in whatever capacity, uh, how would they go about uh, contacting you to bring this show to one of their schools? Yeah, so we call the, the, the tour the Bigger Than That Tour, and if they go to biggerthanthat.org on the Internet, um, it's, we've got a very informative website on there, and uh, they can contact us through the website. Um, we're currently making bookings all across Canada with, with schools. I just finished a 40 dates uh, tour of BC and Alberta on the West Coast, and now we're back home wow. in Ontario uh, as you mentioned, we were in Oshawa, Ontario today and uh, mm-hmm. doing some schools around here now. And then we're going out to the East Coast to the Maritimes, which I'm looking forward to. Um, going to be in about two weeks for the second half of May. We'll be out there doing uh, a bunch of uh, school events out there. That is so great. And uh, if, we, if we look back at your career, we uh, see that um, you studied jazz initially at Humber College. And then it was somewhat shortly after that, Ryan, that you headed to Nashville to uh, work on country music. So how did you go from jazz into country music. I know what a, <laughs> a wide spectrum of music. I've got a, right. a lot of influences musically, and I, I studied uh, guitar at, at jazz school because you know I, I wanted to become a better guitar player, and I thought it would help me as a songwriter and, and also just as a live performer on stage to be able to kind of like what a Keith Urban would do maybe in country music. You know, or he can go out and play a live guitar solo and just make the live mm-hmm. show a really uh, fun event. And so I spent a lot of time just working really hard at that, and jazz, studying jazz in school really helped me with those things. Uh, but you know, country music was more where you know my soul was at, and I gravitated toward that, you know, towards that. And growing up on a hundred-acre beef farm in Ontario, you know, I, I was from a, a very small little town outside of Fergus, Ontario, called Bellwood, and and it was uh, country music was very prominent around there with my parents and whatnot. So, and then I, I think what you know really. Uh, really made me get into it 100 percent was when i moved down to nashville after jazz school in toronto and and just seeing nashville at age 19 you know and all the 
the talented artists there and the recording studios and the, and, you know, there's just something creative in the air down there. I just absolutely fell in love with uh, the city and also the genre itself and, uh, and decided that I wanted to devote my, my career towards, you know, being a country music songwriter. And after spending several years in Nashville, I got a publishing deal to write songs professionally down there. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I eventually, um, as I think, you know, I put up this billboard to Taylor Swift and that's right. <laughs> asked her if she'd help me, produce my album via billboard and i was just trying to think of a a unique marketing concept that i could basically get some attention to my music because when you go to nashville and i tell the kids at the school at the bigger than that school concerts i do all the time that you know uh if you have a dream it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to just be handed to you you got to sometimes work hard for that dream and and i I worked very hard in nashville towards my dream and and i I still had difficulty because i I, it's so uh so many talented people down there from all over the the world really go there to make it in country music um and i needed a, a way that i could just draw some attention to myself and that was sort of the primary purpose of putting up the billboard to taylor was you know, hey, maybe this is an opportunity for me to do something that hasn't been done before and, and maybe have mm-hmm. some of the music industry in Nashville. Uh, the record labels really was my, my goal was maybe some of the record labels uh, and Taylor herself, you know, would see it and, and maybe help me out. That is such a cool idea. And, it, you know, it, it just goes to that thing about marketing and doing something unique and taking a shot at something I mean, that was very creative and and putting yourself on the line. But the cool part about that story is Taylor saw the billboard and she responded to you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I, it's funny enough, I, I the billboard, so I rented it for a month, and after about two weeks of it being up, uh, I got a note on my Facebook page from a fan saying, Ryan, you know, you, you're you going to want to watch this video link. So I clicked on the link on my computer at home, and I watched the video, and it was Taylor Swift on uh, a big national television show, uh, Entertainment Tonight, and she was talking about yep. uh, this Canadian guy that had put up this billboard to her and how... Uh, <laughs> You know, she she just basically gave me a nice endorsement, and she listened to my music and and uh, offered me her support, kind of thing. And and when that happened, I mean, of course, it changed my whole world because I went from being virtually an unknown uh, songwriter uh, slash aspiring artist in Nashville to having like mainstream national media interviews, and I eventually got a record deal on Sony Music, and you know, got a chance to get uh, my own singles released to radio and, and, and make my own album. So, you know, it was just a really big stepping stone for me in my in my career to make my dream come true of being an artist. And that's one of the things I, I share with the kids too at the Bigger Than That concerts at the schools is, uh, you know, just an example again of, um, of, you know, how I had to work hard for my dreams. And I had a lot of bullies in Nashville too that told me, you know, I don't know if I'd put that billboard up, Ryan. This is before I put the billboard up. You know, I was mm, talking about wow. the idea of it, and they were saying, well, mm. nobody's ever done something like that before. I don't know if I'd do that. And I was getting things, you know, comments that weren't real encouraging, but I, I really wanted to do, you know, do it because I believed in myself. And, and so I just, and it, and it worked out okay for me, you know. So I, I share that with the kids because I want them to know that if they have a dream in their life, um, you just got to go for it, you know. I love that, Ryan. Those are great words and such a great lesson and an example with that billboard of uh, how that can all happen. Let's hear the song now, the title track, Bigger Than That. Again, the album is available at iTunes. And when we come back, we'll talk about songwriting influences and a bunch more. Here's my guest, Ryan Laird, on In the Country. When you say those lies are the ones you hide behind, you 
What a great song from my guest, Ryan Laird. That is called Bigger Than That, the title track to his current album. And uh, not only great vocals on that, Ryan, but the, pr- the production on that is just uh, first class. Thanks so much, Dave. I'm glad you enjoyed the song. It was uh, a lot of fun getting to uh, record that and write it. I actually wrote it with another Canadian uh, named uh, Dave Thompson. He's kind of known as Dwave in the musical uh, industry, and uh, he's a real producer as well, so we uh, recorded that at his home studio. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, on the, yeah, on the subject of songwriting, you've been doing this a while, Ryan, a long time. You've gotten great at it. Uh, you know, your songs stand out. For, for somebody listening out there who's, say, a young singer-songwriter, or even at whatever age, if they're a new new to the craft of songwriting, what are some tips you can throw out there, things you've learned over the years? Well, I think, I mean, from a songwriting perspective, I think uh, living life is, is one of the most important things because with experience comes... Uh, you know, I think uh, motivation and inspiration to, to write songs if you're a creative type and you want to be a writer. So, I mean, live some life and uh, don't be afraid to, you know, kind of spill your heart out on a page and, and try to try to be really honest, you know. Um, of course, there's certain techniques and, and quote-unquote rules that go into songwriting with uh, chord structures and melodies and maybe rhyme schemes lyrically and things like that. But, I mean, beyond that, I think if you can you know, um, just try to be real honest with yourself and right, right from the heart. I mean, I think that's one of the one of the most important things to remember. As cliche as it sounds, it is it is very important. And I think uh, the other thing would be co-writing. Um, for me, you know, I started to always write by myself as a really young writer. Uh, you mentioned how I attended in my late teens uh, the Humber Jazz Music Program in Toronto. Ontario and uh you know I'd only really done songwriting by myself through my teens at that point and I was performing locally around southern Ontario where I'm from at that point and kind of doing my mm. own songs but when I started going to Nashville at age 19 when I got out of the Humber Jazz program and I went down to become a songwriter in Nashville I I found that that was where I did my first sort of got my first exposure and taste of co-writing like collaborating with other writers together and right, I found right. that that was a huge growing opportunity for me because I was able to share my ideas with other professional writers in Nashville and then kind of hear some of their ideas and bounce ideas off each other. And, and the more and more I did that, uh, I guess you could say 300 songs later, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. you know, I, I just found like, wow, like I, I'm so much better off because of that. You know, I was able to become a much better writer. And uh, so I think that that, you know, for any young writers out there that are aspiring, I, I would highly recommend that they not be uh, afraid and be open to trying to collaborate with other writers. And it might even just be, you know, another musical kid at your school or someone locally that you can start with. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to, you know, try and write with uh, whoever's got the latest big hit right away. You can always just try writing with, with anybody that, that is creative. And I just think the overall process, you know, by doing it more and more, uh, it's like that old practice makes perfect uh, saying, you know. Yeah, for sure. That is great advice, Ryan. Uh, as far as song pitches go and, and dream pitches, I'm sure you've got, uh, as you said, a ton of songs in your catalog. Is, is there a song you, you've got that you feel, man, this is just right for Kenny Chesney or, or this is right for Sugarland or whoever it is, and you're just, just a matter of getting it to the right channels? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those because, you know, when I record like this new album, I have bigger than that. It's a dozen songs that I've co-written or written on it. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to keep releasing my own songs because I'm an artist and, and I'll probably write a lot of those songs because I'm a writer as well. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, I've written hundreds of songs and only, you know, a handful of those songs I'm going to personally record and they're going to get released and see the light of day. Um, there's still a lot of other songs that, you know, I've got uh, that 
basically I, I use the term space junk. They kind of just become space junk and sit there. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, not all of them are going to be great songs, of course, but you know, some of them might be worthy songs to be on a, on a project somewhere, but it maybe just wasn't, wasn't the right song or the right fit for, for my project, let's say. Sure. And, um, so, you know, it's an interesting process because as a songwriter, because, you know, you're, you're trying to pitch your own songs as well to other projects. Uh, you know, we see a lot of, uh, music in movies and TV and commercials and, and then other artists as well, trying to, you know, get those artists to maybe record one of your songs if it's the right fit. So I'd have to look through my catalog and, and see, but I've, I've got a lot of songs that I, I, I would I would love to see placed in other things. Uh, I even had that uh, single out a couple of years ago that did okay for me that I released to radio called Girl Crazy, and and I always mm-hmm. thought, oh, that'd be a fun song for to hear Kenny Chesney do. But you know, of course, that's up to him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that is a great song, and you also did uh, the great duet a couple of years ago with Leah Daniels, who is another awesome Ontario country artist. Yes, what a talented and sweet girl she is. And uh, you know, I, I first met Leah back in Ontario. A few years ago, and, and her and her producer approached me, who happens to be Hunter Hayes' guitar player, uh, Sam Ellis, approached wow. me about joining Leah on that song, Where Do I Go? Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you know, we ended up recording it together, and it just worked out really well, and, and so we made it a single uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and had a nice music video to go with it together and whatnot, yeah. and that was a fun uh, experience doing my first duet, actually, that I've ever done with her. And uh, that song was uh, one of the songs on my first uh, self-titled album, and... Um, uh, what else can I tell you about that? I guess Leah also came out uh, on the Alan Jackson tour with me a couple of years ago when I got the extreme honor to be his opening act, and she came out and sang that song with me on the tour. Pretty amazing to uh, to have the two of you uh, and at the Alan Jackson show. That's uh, Did you get a great opportunity? Did you get a chance to speak to Alan at all, or was it kind of too busy? Well, you know what I did on the final night of the tour because I, I did all his Ontario dates as his opening act of them. So I'd go out with my acoustic guitar and and uh, my little one man band system, as I call it, and uh, and make a you know about a half an hour show of music each night, and then he'd go on and do his show. And of course, he's doing hit after hit after hit, which was pretty amazing to get to to see from backstage. And uh, mm-hmm. on the last night of the tour, uh, he did come backstage for a while, and we got to hang out. So that was that was a really neat. Uh, experience for me and obviously a, a moment I'll never forget in my in my career and uh, just to be around a living legend like that is uh, you know a once in a lifetime opportunity that's really cool let's turn to some more music Ryan from the album the album is called Bigger Than That available at iTunes and your website for people who want to learn more about you RyanLaird.com uh, the song we're going to hear is called Living in a Love Song and what can you tell me about the song Ryan yeah, Living in a Love Song, yeah, and this may be the debut radio spin for this song because it's oh, not awesome. even released yet, uh, so uh, I should throw that out there. It's a brand new song that's just been recorded, and uh, one that uh, I wrote uh, about uh, the love of my life. I guess that says it all. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Well, let's hear the song, and we'll talk more with my guest, Ryan Laird. Here's Living in a Love Song on In the Country.
Brand new music from my guest Ryan Laird. That is called Living in a Love Song. I mentioned it was on that album, but in fact it is, and it's that brand new. It's uh, just recorded somewhat recently, I guess, Ryan. Yeah, we actually just finished that one in Nashville uh, in the last couple of weeks. So it's uh, awesome. When you say brand new, it truly is brand new. <laughs> Can't get much newer than that. That is so great to be able to share it on the show, and uh, that's great. I uh, wanted to ask you about your influences, some of those artists, maybe even one in particular, Ryan, as you were growing up, that inspired you and, and got you on the on the dream towards music. Yeah, there's been so many, you know, um, from local artists uh, to a lot of the Nashville session musicians that I got to, uh, you know, the honor to, and some of the songwriters, too, I got the honor to write and record with. Um, and, you know, some of the more recognizable names, I guess, to probably your listeners would be, uh, I mean, Keith Urban, you know, I, I just really look up to uh, him as a, a writer and a guitar player. And I know he spent a decade in Nashville struggling to make it before he got his record deal. And, you know, just getting to find out about some of that info, I really do look up to him. And, and a lot of other musicians outside of even country, uh, I guess a Canadian that I'm a big fan of uh, for his songwriting and his singing is Brian Adams. I, you know, he mm-hmm. had so many hits through the years and uh, a lot of people don't realize he wrote most of those songs um right. so uh you know the the list is endless though for me i, I love a lot of different uh, music and uh, pretty eclectic mix uh for any new artist out there and we touched on songwriting before but just in general who is thinking about uh, getting into country music well what are a couple of things uh, that'll help them along that path to uh to sort of get on, on the first good steps towards that well i think if you wanted to be an aspiring you know, singer-songwriter, write your own songs and, and, and be an, an artist and whatnot. I think um, taking the proper time to, you know, investing enough time in yourself to get really good at your craft, I guess. You know, if you're going to be a professional hockey player in the NHL or a professional songwriter in the country music industry, it's, you know, the similar principles apply, I think, that, you know, you need to practice a lot to get really good at what you do um, before mm-hmm. you kind of, uh, make a release or expose yourself to the public, you know? So, um, right. I think, you know, for me, from my experience, uh, if you wanted to get into the country music world, um, you know, go check out Nashville, try and write as, a lot of songs and just get really great material and, and work with a lot of producers and, and try to, uh, to really hone in on your craft, you know, and whatever that is, what, you know, maybe you've got a unique sound as a singer or you're a really good guitar player, or you've got a really, you know, cool stage presence or whatever, whatever your kind of thing is, you know, really zone in on that thing and figure out what that is. Because most of the artists I've met along the way, it took them years of, of practice at their craft to really, um, really fully get on top of it. And um, I, I see a lot of young artists coming out that, uh, in my opinion, maybe come out, you know, because I know what it's like to have that hunger and that drive to really want to uh, achieve success commercially like mm-hmm. immediately, you know, like you want to get that right. next big hit song tomorrow kind of thing. But because yep. I've been there too, I've been in those shoes before, but I think it's really important to remember to, to take the time and it can take years sometimes. And, and a lot of aspiring artists don't want to hear that. But um, if you put that time in, um, I think it'll often pay dividends for you down the road. That's awesome. Some more great advice from my guest, Ryan Laird. Uh, website is ryanlaird.com, of course. His latest album, Bigger Than That, is available at iTunes. Thanks so much, Ryan. It was great to have you on the show and uh, great to catch up. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. Always a pleasure. I just want to say real quick, any schools that are listening mm-hmm. in, if, if you're interested in having an anti-bullying uh, youth empowerment type program, please look up biggerthanthat.org on the Internet. Uh, I'd love to bring the Bigger Than That motivational concert tour to your school. Uh, we have a goal to to visit 
every school across Canada and try and inspire as many children as we can. That's awesome, Ryan. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dave. And let's head to the lines and uh, see who we're speaking to. Who is this? Hey, Dave. It's Jamie Woodson calling. It's great to have you here calling us from Alberta. How are things? Oh, they're real. They're doing real good here. <laughs> you're doing real busy. I'm noticing you're at a lot of radio stations. You're doing a really great tour. Yeah, we've uh, we, the last few weeks we've been uh, kind of southern and southern Alberta and northern Alberta, and um, just kind of been making rounds and visiting everyone that we've had a chance to, that you know, has availability to, and uh, mm-hmm. just kind of kind of getting to know some new faces. Yeah, it really makes a big difference when artists go to the radio stations because, as you said, you're meeting them face-to-face, getting a chance to talk to them. So now you're not just uh, a name on a CD or on a download. They actually know who you are. That's right, yeah. It makes a big difference. It's a, it's a good way to connect with people and, you know, just kind of kind of get to talk with them and just kind of build those relationships, right? Oh, for sure. And you've got a great publicist and radio tracker involved in your career. Of course, Debbie Wood. And maybe I know Debbie always listens in. What's it like working with Debbie? Uh, it's been really good. Um, this is kind of our first little little stint together, but uh, we've been we've I've been enjoying it. And uh, you know, it's uh, there's lots that I'm learning along the way with it. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all it's been really great. We've got a great song of yours coming up, Jamie, called Just Feels Right. Uh, I know that some of your influences are great artists like Eric Church, Jamie Johnson, Dirks Bentley. Uh, you know, we all love those guys. What is it about those three in particular that uh, you love? Well, I mean, for me, it's it's it, lyrically, a lot of those artists, you know, they've kind of, they've always captivated me and I've... Um, I've always been kind of drawn in uh, one of one of the very first times that I heard Eric Church. I mean, um, listened to his Sinners Like Me album and I couldn't turn the thing off. It was just such a, you know, he just connects so well with what he what he's trying to say in a song. And mm. I think he does he does a wonderful job of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I mean, Jamie Johnson, well, he's kind of like an old outlaw country country guy to me, you know listening to That's him right. he's it's it's like you're listening to a modern day Merle Haggard you know and he had that huge hit that uh that got on the radio of course called uh, In Color which was such a great story oh, song yeah. a very traditional song for for the time that it was out yeah, absolutely probably one of one of the most well-written country songs in the last you know 10 or 12 years uh yeah. in my opinion uh it's just it's just such a great song. It paints it paints so many different that's it does. And you know, and that's that's what I love. I love when you hear songs that you 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 can just listen along but then at the end of the day you're you're sitting there and it's it's bringing um different visuals for you or different memories back for you, you know. Um when Eric Church wrote when they wrote Springste- Springsteen and put it out. Um mm-hmm. There's hardly been a song, you know, in the last quite a while that's done such a had such an impact, I think, on music. I love that song. Springsteen is uh just a wonderful song. Yeah, it's it's a just one of those kind of tunes that um you know, I, I, I'm sure when they when they cut the song and they walked out of the studio, I'm sure they knew right away there's some magic on that song that you know, it just had something 
something just a little more special than other songs. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the song we're going to hear just feels right. I understand uh, one of the co-writers on there is Canada's own Jake Matthews. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to have Jake um, Jake send, send me some songs to look at. And, um, you know, we've been... We've been very happy with that, and uh, when when we got the song, just feels right to look at um, when it landed on our lap. You know, I just one of the first when I first heard it there, um, lyrically I connected with that song, and you know I kind of the melody for me I really I really dug it and just kind of said mm-hmm. you know this this is actually going to be something that sits well with me and I could feel like um, you know it's something that's gonna gonna suit me as an artist right that that's so important when you're pitched a song because not all the songs are going to fit you even even if it's a great song it might not be a perfect fit the other co-writer in that song was steve freeman uh did when you listen to songs like that and they're sent to you can you give us a rough idea of how many songs you're you're listening to at any given time like a ton of them right well that's right um you know often artists will they'll will send they'll send us um you know, I'll get a, a Dropbox file, maybe 10 to 20 songs per person that sends us sends us mm-hmm. material. Yep. And, you know, I bet you we had, oh, shoot, I, w- I would say a minimum of, through over the coming months, um, probably a few hundred songs. And, you know, you narrow it down to, let's say, 25, and then you narrow it down to 10. And at right. the end, you're just picking through, you're you're picking through what what's going to work the best for you, and what you feel that you could actually uh, do justice, you know, in the studio to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, some song, some songs, uh, like you said, some songs are wonderful songs, but at the end of the day, they're they're not the right song for you as an artist. Yeah, there, and that's, there's that's a where bunch you of... have to determine that. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Jamie. There's so many great stories about that, too. One in particular, when Michelle Wright's been on the show, she had turned down the song that Pam Tillis did called Maybe It Was Memphis, which Michelle uh, acknowledges is a great song, and it was a big hit song for Pam Tillis back in the day. But it mentions a couple of things, a Faulkner novel and uh, another thing that's a Southern thing. And she just said she couldn't, you know, being from Canada, couldn't relate to what was in that song. So even though she knew it was a great song, it wasn't a fit for who she was. Yeah, that that's a that's a pretty pretty important point when you have so many great songwriters um sending you material and some of these some of these people are out in Asheville or different areas in the south. Um yeah, some of the some of the way they've written lyrics or or what they're talking about sometimes doesn't suit uh for a Canadian artist as well. Sure. You would have a harder harder time, you know, making your fans or your list uh, believe what you're kind of singing about. That's right, exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't buy it unless the songwriter lets you change it to, uh, you know, Alberta or something like that. Uh, you could work around it. Let's turn to your song now, Jamie. Yes. And so when you're performing this at your shows and that, what what kind of response have you got to, from the crowds? Um, you know, it's 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 been really positive. We've had a, we've had a lot of uh, people come up and talk with us after the show, and you know. It, since we've released the single, we've had a lot of people commenting on, you know, they want want us to put more music out. And, um, for me, it's just an exciting time because it's kind of our first beginning of releases to, of hopefully many. And 
um, you know, I just want to keep pushing forward and hopefully we just keep doing and, uh, you know, keep letting the listeners hear what they want to get them out music they want to hear. Yep. Yep. It sounds great. It's a great, to, it's a winner of a song to have as your first one out at a radio and a great introduction to you as an artist. Let's hear it now. Alberta's Jamie Woodfin and just feels right on in the country. That's Alberta's Jamie Woodfin and his latest song. It is called Just Feels Right. It's available at iTunes. And, Jamie, man, that song is great. Of course, killer vocals and the guitar in that, especially the guitar solo, is pretty awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, I was actually uh, really, really stoked about when we were working with it in the studio. Um, Maddie McKay played on that for lead guitar, and uh, he's a a heck of a player. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you can hear it right there. It sounds great. It makes so much difference when it's produced uh, as, as well as that song is. Uh, as far as um, what well, we did talk about influences earlier, who would you like to meet out there in the country music world, Jamie? Who you know would you like to either have a lunch with or a coffee with or just get a chance to uh, talk to them about the music business? Um, you know, there's 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 lots of different artists that I think would be really really neat to to have a chance to sit down with. Um, George Strait is a big one, of course. That would be. Mm-hmm. Just an amazing guy to kind of get to sit down and have a have a beer with or coffee with, and you know, yeah. just just kind of discuss kind of his career and how things went, and maybe he'd he'd give you some pointers of what not to do and what to do, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's yeah. There's there's lots of different artists. It's probably it's a long list. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing yeah. with George Strait because I mean his career spans like 30 years. Now he's got a new song out called "Let It Go," which just came out a couple of weeks ago. Heard it on the radio, I love it. And uh, talk about longevity in country music in any form of music. Well, that's right. I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of young artists like myself could could take a lot of a lot of uh, notes from somebody like him, and you know, uh, to see somebody last that long and be able to have such a career is. It's pretty phenomenal. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, there's certainly it's certainly uh, not something that happens for everyone, you know. So that's right. Yeah, pretty, pretty a, rare thing to have yeah. happen. And uh, but there's stuff you can learn from it, maybe song selection or performance, whatever it is. But uh, one of a kind. Now, Jamie, for 2015, what uh, what are some of your goals this year musically? That- Hi, Jamie. Sorry about that uh, technical difficulty. We were both kind of, the switchboard went down, and we're both, we're both back. That's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little bit of editing and fix that up for the uh, for the podcast after. But let's let's continue with that. You were talking about uh, what, what you're looking forward to in 2015. Yeah, I mean, for us, um, 2015, so far, it's been a really great year. Um, we've, you know, we got to release my single, to radio and we've gotten to open up for Brett Kissel. Um, we have a, another announcement coming in the next coming weeks of another uh, fairly great country artist uh, that we're going to, looks like we're going to be opening up for. That's great. And uh, yeah, it's um, for me, I just want to keep pushing forward and uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll keep getting to do all these uh, different shows with, with more artists, you know, and, We'll we'll be back into the studio here for part of uh, May and June, and then we're hopefully going to be doing a follow-up single release for late summer. Great. So, yeah, there's there's quite a bit coming. It's uh, it's it's kind of a busy time right now. It's uh, the schedule's getting more and more full with shows, and yeah, um, yeah, it's just I, I'm just excited. There's so much so much to look forward to. That's great. That is great. It's it's yeah. exciting to have that much ahead, Jamie. Man, I can feel your excitement, and, and the the song is great. Just feels right, which I mentioned is at iTunes. People can download now. Where else can people find you online to uh, to learn about you? Um, you know, we have a like my website is jamiewoodfin.com or .ca, um, but I also 
the social media websites are are typically a good good platform as well. Facebook yeah. and Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff. So follow uh, Jamie there probably, on all those. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably the best uh, best bet is to bug people to go to Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. That's awesome. Well, Jamie, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. A big shout out to Debbie Wood and a thank you to her for all her support in sending you my way. And uh, thanks so much, Jamie. I wish you all the best uh, as, as your music progresses this year. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. My pleasure. And a big thank you to uh, Jamie Woodfin uh, calling us from Alberta. Uh, Ontario's Ryan Laird and his great uh, new album, Bigger Than That, along with that uh, Bigger Than That program, which is uh, all to do with bullying prevention and youth empowerment. To learn more about that and about Ryan's music, you can head to RyanLaird.com.